The Thriving Over Surviving podcast is for informational and inspirational purposes and not meant to be medical advice. Please consult your physician for any medical issues you may be facing. The opinions expressed by guests and advertisers are their own and not necessarily the opinions of Thriving Over Surviving podcast. Do you have a great bunch of friends? I definitely do. Yeah, and you guys really support each other. Well, in the beginning for my MS journey, I always said you had to be on my bus. And if you weren't on my bus, at least be at my bus stop. And if you can't be at my bus stop, you need to get off. Welcome to another episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast, where we discuss the ups and downs of our autoimmune diagnoses, but ultimately how we thrive in spite of it. I'm your host, Edie Sahesian. I was diagnosed in 2015 with multiple sclerosis. I've learned a lot about MS in myself over the past few years, but the most important thing I realize is that I am going to live my best life. MS and other autoimmune diseases tend to be a bit of a bummer if we let them. So why not battle back by finding our joy? My guest today is Morgan Music. She's an educator with over 20 years of teaching experience, and she was introduced to the world of MS in March of 2014. From that moment on, she has tried to gain knowledge regarding all aspects of MS in order to help herself and those around her. She was also, get this, you guys, she's also the Ormond Beach Orlando Walk MS Ambassador for 2021. So Morgan, if you didn't know this already from listening to my story, Morgan is one of the first people that I met with MS. We had actually known each other prior in the teaching world, but when I was diagnosed, she reached out to me and let me know that she was also a fellow MSer. Let's chat it up with Morgan Music. Hi, everybody. Hey, Morgan. How are you today? I am great. Thank you. Thanks for being here with me. I appreciate you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So how could I not, Morgan? We had Melissa open up the season and we're having you wrap it up for us. So I appreciate you. I feel supported all the way around from my people. And so will you share with us your diagnosis story so we can get to know you a little bit better? Well, as Edie said, I am a school teacher. So the school year in 2013 was just a tad stressful and I started the year with this numbing sensation on the side of my face, and I just equated it to stress. So I went on vacation with my parents. I know at the beginning of the school year, one never goes on vacation, but I did. And when I came back, it, it disappeared. So then at Christmas time, the same tingling sensation went to the other side of my face. And I was like, that is not right. So I decided to seek out a neurologist and I found one in my area who was just a neurologist. I had an MRI done and then in March 2014, he told me that I had MS. So that seems pretty fast and random. I've never heard of someone just going and saying, yeah, I need an MRI. So that doctor was pretty intuitive, no? Correct. He was a really great doctor. Well, he is a great doctor. And you see him still? I do not because of insurance. Since him, I have seen three neurologists before I found the one that was for me. 
So let me just understand, you presented with numbness in your face, and that was your only symptom? Well, I'm sure at the time I had other issues going on, but I still have um, numbness in my face to this day. It's just a different experience. So is it, it's just a little easier to feel now? It's like less intense? It's a constant. It's with me every day. There is a technical term for it. It's called trigeminal neuralgia. Okay. Yeah, I remember you telling me that there was a, a technical term for that. I thought for some reason that you had had optic neuritis. I, I suffered that during my first MS episode. Okay, that was in the fall or? That was no. just two weeks after I was diagnosed. Oh, okay. So you had your diagnosis and then you had a relapse right away. Correct, right away. Okay, so during that relapse, what were your symptoms? I had double vision. I couldn't see. I had horrible migraines. I was dizzy. Most of the day I had to keep my eyes shut because I it was just so painful to look at things. And like I said, I had double vision for a long time. I probably couldn't drive for like six weeks afterwards. So I had my friends driving me back and forth to work and stuff. So during that time when you, you had already established with a neurologist, so how did they treat the optic neuritis? He was a great neurologist and he actually came to the hospital since it was a new diagnosis. My, my mom had flown in and he sat with her and answered all of her questions and I started taking steroids. Okay to get it under control. And then of course, by that time, since we had known it was MS, I had decided on what medication I wanted to use because at the time I was diagnosed, there were hardly any drugs on the market. I think at the time there were seven drugs on the market. So I, I had decided to take Copaxone, which at the time was a daily shot. And you're not on Copaxone any longer, right? I am not due to insurance. What do you currently take? I take Abagia, which is a once a day pill. And have you had any relapses since that first one? I have not. I've been very lucky. For serious. So how are you managing that in your health so well? I just know when I have to take a moment to myself, sleep, catch up on taking care of me. I make sure I take my Abagio every day and, you know, try to stay healthy, eat healthy, exercise, everything that one would need without MS to stay healthy. Yeah, that sounds like a plan, right? Right. So, <laughs> so since then, okay, so it's been seven years, you haven't had a relapse in all that time. So what has been your proudest accomplishment in those seven years? Well, as you mentioned, I do have a walk MS team and we have raised over $10,000 for that. So th that is a great accomplishment. And I also took over the local support group for MS in Osceola County. So helping others has been a, a great support to me as well as to everyone else. Yes. Yeah, so like I said at the beginning, in the opening, you really helped me quite a bit. Like any unanswered questions that I had, I came to you and you are so open and honest about things, about what I was facing. You shared books with me and we went to those uh, dinners for the drug companies and uh, learned so much and 
it was really uh, nice to have you to lean on a bit. So yeah, no, I appreciate you. And one thing that I talk about a lot is the fact that this community, this MS community that I've really just been engaged with for the past six months or so, maybe a little longer, has meant so much to me because for a long time I pretended that my MS wasn't there. And then I started hanging out with you and Melissa and you guys were so open about what you were facing and things. It really brought me out of my shell. So I started to do things about it, but I really didn't get involved in the community uh, other than doing the walk very much. Right. And so it's just been so amazing. It's been kind of like when we first met and how I felt it's rekindled that feeling. Oh, good. It's the family you never wanted, but you always needed. How's that? That is perfect. What a great quote for serious. Right? Yeah, it is. It's everybody kind of knows you. Like, so when you grow up and you have siblings, right? The they know you and they know what you've gone through and no one can really understand what you both went through growing up, right? And so when talking to another person with MS, they're really the only ones, anybody, maybe some autoimmune people, right? Because we all kind of come from the same uh, cloth, I guess. We're all different yet the same at the at one time. Yes, it's so true. So it makes a huge difference. So Morgan, I know you is a very happy person and I want to know what brings you joy so much. How come you're so happy all the time? Okay. So what brings me joy is helping other people for the most part. I am an educator. I help children. I help my team as well and helping people learn about MS too. So helping people brings me joy. Yeah. And so my core values are growth and humor. If you've been listening to the show, you know, I talk about that all the time. So I think for Morgan, what would the word be, Morgan, for helping others? Service? Service and advocate. Yes. I think those are your core values yes. for sure. Yeah. That's what I would say. So Morgan and I went on a cruise together. Our friend Absolutely. was getting married and I was Morgan's date. <laughs> Best so, date ever. <laughs> thanks, Morgan. And it was a Disney cruise, and I really found the love for Disney through Morgan. We took pictures. I'm not a big picture taker, and Morgan kind of got me out of my shell a little bit to take some pictures with all the characters. There was a pirate. Do you recall this, Morgan? Yes. There's a, a lot of characters on that ship. Yep. And you made me watch The Princess and the Pea because I was um, being silly with the character. That was The Princess and the Frog. The Frog! See, I don't <laughs> even know. The Princess and the Frog, which was a great movie, but I was being super silly about taking pictures. And so Morgan kind of got my knowledge about Disney up and running for me. And so I've been a little bit more into it since that cruise, I will say. Well, it hinder the fact that I had a great group of friends with me that were also able to help you 
get out of your shell, your Disney shell. My Disney shell. Yes. Those people were amazing. They were so fun to hang out with. You have a great bunch of friends. I definitely do. Yeah. And you guys really support each other. Well, in the beginning for my MS journey, I always said you had to be on my bus. And if you weren't on my bus, at least be at my bus stop. And if you can't be at my bus stop, you need to get off. That is amazing. I love that too. Gosh, I'm going to have tons of quotes from this show, Morgan. Right? <laughs> that, no, but it makes a lot of sense, right? And that goes back to setting boundaries. And I know you were sharing with me earlier a story about how you kind of revealed that you have MS to people. Will you, will you share that story with us? So since... My relapse happened during the school year and I was in the hospital. I felt that it was only right to tell my principal that I worked with what was going on in my life. The person at the time that was my principal, he told me that I should just quit my job because I shouldn't be working. And if you know me, I have a thousand jobs. So that was not true. And it really played an impact on my life because he really believed that I should not be working. Currently, I hold four jobs. I run a support group. And to me, I wasn't going to let that hold me back. But also how you said you kept it private, you know, your MS life. I don't advertise it, but I'm also not afraid to talk about it. So that aspect has put a little bit of boundary on my work life. My non-working life, I share it all. (laughs) So in those four jobs, does everyone know that you have MS? Yes. Okay. And they treat you differently? No. Okay. No, not at all. The principal at the time, yeah, he treated me totally different. I would think moving forward, I if I were you and had had that experience, I would be apprehensive about sharing what I was going through also. Definitely. I'm definitely apprehensive at work. But like I said, I don't hide the fact that I have MS. If you want to ask me a question, I'm going to answer, but I just don't flaunt it around. And you've been blessed having not had a relapse in a long time, taking care of yourself and taking your meds. So it hasn't really been a huge factor other than to say, when the day is done, I need to go home because it's time for me to, yeah, manage myself. I definitely leave my work at work. So that way I have that time of peace and relaxation at home. So what other jobs do you have besides teaching? Well, I'm a server at Disney. I've been with Disney for 17 and a half years um, serving. I work for my friend Jose. He has a delivery job. And then I also do 21st Century, which is uh, tutoring for education. Wow. So, yeah, your hands are pretty full. And there's that Disney thing again. Right? Yeah. 17 years. How did you get involved with that? Well, being a teacher, I moved to Florida in December of 2003. And moving during the school year, you're not going to get paid in the summer. So I knew I had to find a job to make up for that income that I wasn't going to have in the summer. So on February 14th, 2004, I started at Disney. 
Yes, it was Valentine's Day that I started, so it's easy to remember my anniversary. (laughs) Yeah, and you just had like a big anniversary right there. Am I wrong? Disney celebrates every five. Okay. So I had 15, Mm -hmm. and so I'm halfway to 20. All right. 17 and a half. Yes. I thought when the COVID had happened that you weren't going to be able to do that anymore, so I'm glad that you're back on. Right. Me too. Yeah, but I'm I, blessed to to have been brought back so early as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And like I said, I know it's a job and a way to earn money, and I believe the money must be pretty decent serving at Disney. But at the same time, it's a lot, right? You're exposing yourself. I do worry about being exposed to COVID and other germs. I work seven days a week, so managing my need for rest is always there so but it it brings me great perks too i get to spend it with my friends i'm going to the parks after school um taking family when they come to visit there's a lot of great perks with working at disney and also it it's a family you feel feel like a family when you're with your cast members that you work with Yeah, I would bet. My dad works at Epcot and he works. If anybody wants to know, my father will talk to anybody. (laughs) He'll make a reason to talk to you. So his name is Bruce. If you are ever at Epcot and you want to and you run into a man named Bruce, he works in the area right under the ball, the big ball. Yeah. I did look for him on Saturday when I was there. You did. He doesn't work Saturday. I know. (laughs) He works Monday, usually Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. So if you're in the park on those days, say hi to Bruce and tell him he's magical. He'll fall in love with you. (laughs) It's great. So yeah, definitely a family atmosphere, Morgan. And that really, you know, adds to the comfort level that you have there and speaks to the longevity of your working. So how do you maintain, I can't imagine how, but how do you maintain this thriving mindset of go, go, go and working and balancing all of that? Thriving to me means challenging yourself as well. So I'm always challenging myself to learn more, to experience life in different ways, being fulfilled in my career, in my social life, being happy, So I like to spend it with my friends, my family, and I also continue to educate myself to keep my school career, my Disney career, and all of that going, you know? I feel like you surround yourself with really happy people, and like you said, they all... Those people that we hung out with are your besties and they all like to experience new and fun things. Right. And you've really got a really close-knit group there. And I'm a little envious. It's really (laughs) lovely. And they really, you guys all support each other in every way. Yes. And we have a relationship where if we don't see each other for months, it's like time never stopped when we see each other again. So once again, I had to pick the right people to be on my bus. So I picked really good people. Yes, you chose wisely, young one. I did. So do you have any tips that you'd like to share with fellow MSers? Definitely find other people that you can talk to, ask questions. Because some of those MS 
experiences that you have are so rare and random that to ask someone without MS, they're going to be like, what are you talking about? So find somebody to share what you're going through who also is going through it with you. Good advice. That is really good advice. And I took that advice and perfect. I'm super happy about that. (laughs) What's your favorite place on earth, Morgan? And what is its significance to you? Well, my favorite place on earth is wherever my family is. So it wouldn't matter where they are as long as we're together because family is important. Family is forever. And without your family, life would be kind of boring. You know, you have to take advantage of everyone around you. So any chance I can get to spend time with family, I'm trying to do that. I mean, they're your biggest advocates. Yeah, they're those, those are the people that are going to go, Morgan, you made a bad choice. Let's fix this. Or I'm so proud of you, dear, that, you know, we're going to celebrate you. And they take those highs and lows. And it's just like coming home. Like you said, when you're with them, you're home. No matter where you are. It's wonderful. Yes. So how do you inspire others to make the most out of their lives? Well, I do run that MS support group for the Osceola County. So I try to encourage them to be their own best advocate. I also try to encourage the people that I work with at school to learn more and be aware of what is happening around them. So I just try to always, like, it goes back to that word advocate, advocate for everybody around me, teach them, teach them things that they don't know or build upon skills that they already have. What does a bad day look like for you, Morgan? Well, people around me probably would say that I don't have bad days because I just keep it inside until I get home. Okay. So (laughs) how do you let it out, right? Because uh, that is a good thing and a bad thing all rolled in one. So how do you you de-stress? I think for me to de-stress, I... I do like to go to the movies. When I'm stressed, I go alone, okay? Because that movie is going to take me to another world, and hopefully I'll forget about what I'm stressing about when it's over. But how do you (laughs) deal with the stress? This is what I was saying when I go back to saying Morgan always is just the happy camper, and she's trying to bring everyone else into her world of happiness. Okay, so you have people to de-stress with then, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. Exercise helps as well. I live 11 minutes from my friend's house, so I usually walk over to her house. 11-minute walk, let's put it that way. In yeah, the car, it's a-, a lot closer. <laughs> that's a good little just time to relax and like you said de-stress on your way over there too and it's not like a a you know we live in florida so yes it it gets warm now you were telling me morgan that you do not have an aversion to heat you have an aversion to cold to cold absolutely okay so tell us more about that so like on saturday it was blazing hot here in Florida. And I was walking around Epcot for hours, which didn't really phase me. But anytime I'm cold, it's just absolutely miserable. I start to shake, my hands hurt, I have to put on tons of layers. It's just a miserable experience for me to be cold. 
So I don't wish misery on you or myself, (laughs) but I, so hanging out with Morgan, you know, we went on this cruise and everything. I didn't see her sweat one time. Like the heat is her friend, not just the sweating. I'm saying she didn't, she wasn't (laughs) affected by it at all. I don't know if you remember Morgan, but I had to go nap at one point. Yeah. I I think I napped for like two or three hours. I was because of the heat. It, it was it was affecting me and i know that some msers they are that way where the the absolutely cold, yeah uh, being cold intolerant is very rare but you you fit the mold i do <laughs> so what do you do in those situations when you're cold what do you how do you deal with it i definitely make sure that i have heat packs with me to put in my hands my feet extra layers, or I basically don't ever go anywhere where it's cold. (laughs) (laughs) That works. Was that one of the reasons you moved down to Florida? No, I moved to Florida for the teaching job. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. But it it does. I did move in December. So you could look at it that way. My brother lives in Chicago. My nephew's birthday is three days after Christmas. And I have only been to his birthday once. Because it happens in December in Chicago. (laughs) So there you go. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yes. 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 So Morgan, thank you so much for being here with me today. My pleasure. I really appreciate you. This is a lot of fun to get to catch up a little bit. We haven't seen each other all through COVID. And so, yeah, it was nice to, to chat. Thanks so much. It was. I always loved your company and I still do. So anytime you need anything, I'll be here for you. Oh, thanks, Morgan. <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Thriving Over Surviving podcast. If you would like to join our growing community of thrivers, there are a lot of ways to do so. Visit the website at thrivingoversurvivingpodcast.com. There you'll find links to all our social media, my blog, and lots more. See you next time when we chat it up with another autoimmune warrior on the Thriving Over Surviving Podcast. Keep thriving. Keep thriving.